This is a curio from Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. This is Brains On. I'm Molly Bloom, and I'm here to transport you to a dark and stormy night in 1816. Now, 1816 is known as the year without a summer. All over the world, the weather was cold and dreary. Crops didn't grow well, and some rivers flooded. There were ice storms in July in New England. It was not a normal summer. People weren't aware at the time, but it is now believed that a massive volcano in Indonesia was responsible for this strangely cool and stormy time. A volcano called Mount Tambora erupted the year before, and it sent a massive cloud of dust into the atmosphere. So big, in fact, that it had an impact on the whole world's climate. And it was during this year without a summer that an 18-year-old named Mary Shelley was staying at a house in Switzerland. She was there with some friends, many of them writers. They were on a beautiful lake, but the weather forced them to stay inside. As is the appropriate activity for a cold night, they were reading a book of ghost stories aloud around a fire. Inspired, one of Mary's friends suggested they each try to write their own ghost story. And out of Mary's imagination, Frankenstein was born. It's alive! It's alive! Mary Shelley's novel Frankenstein was published 200 years ago in 1818. In it, a university student named Victor Frankenstein assembles different dead body parts into a single body and is able to bring this body back to life. Victor Frankenstein abandons his creation, forcing the creature to try to find his way in a world that is afraid of him. There's a lot that happens in this story, but the source of inspiration for this important moment came from science. It was on a dreary night of November that I beheld the accomplishment of my toils. With an anxiety that almost amounted to agony, I I collected the instruments of life around me, that I might infuse a spark of being into the lifeless thing that lay at my feet. It was already one in the morning. The rain pattered dismally against the panes and my candle was nearly burnt out, when, by the glimmer of the half-extinguished light, I saw the dull yellow eye of the creature open. It breathed hard, and a convulsive motion agitated its limbs. In the book, Victor Frankenstein doesn't use lightning to bring the creature to life. That's in the movie. But he does describe the huge impact seeing a tree blown apart by lightning had on him as a teenager. The catastrophe of this tree excited my extreme astonishment, and I eagerly inquired of my father the nature and origin of thunder and lightning. He replied, electricity, describing at the same time the various effects of that power. He constructed a small electrical machine and exhibited a few experiments. He made also a kite and a wire with string, which, which drew down that fluid from the clouds. At the time Mary Shelley's book was written, electricity was a big, new, exciting deal. Scientists across the world were experimenting with it and starting to understand its huge power. Some scientists were even using electrical current to make the muscles of dead bodies move. But Juliet Burba, the curator of an exhibit about Mary Shelley at the Bakken Museum in Minneapolis, says there was still so much that people didn't understand. So there was a lot of interest in, in reviving the dead, and there was a lot of interest and experimentation with electricity, but no one really knew yet how these things go together. So there was no way for her to write about it in the way that we understand it today. In fact, the word scientist itself hadn't even come into use yet. People involved in science were known as natural philosophers. 
These concepts were so new that people didn't even have words to talk about them. She didn't have the language, and yet she put these things together in her her artistic imagination that hinted at something very interesting. We owe a lot to that book and to Mary Shelley. Josephine Johnston is a bioethicist. That means she researches and thinks about the ethics of science and medicine. At a really simple level, I guess ethics is about what we ought to do, not just what we can do. We owe a lot to that book and to Mary Shelley. It's fiction, but it it is asking the kinds of questions that people in my field ask every day. When Mary Shelley wrote her book, new and powerful scientific discoveries were announced regularly. Things like electricity and the invention of the steam engine promised to change the way that humans lived their lives. And Mary Shelley was posing questions about what we can and should do with these new powers. In her story, Victor Frankenstein was so eager to create life, he didn't stop to think about what the end result would be. Turns out, it was monstrous. So the story is a chance to think about how you should and shouldn't do science, what kind of responsibility we have to think through the science we're doing before we release it into the world. So I feel like the book is sort of an example of like how not to do science and how what can go wrong if you don't think about the ethics of what you're up to. And Josephine says these questions are still ones we're asking today, all the time. There is science happening today that is in some ways linked to the kind of science that she's imagining here. There are discussions about bringing back extinct species, sometimes called de-extinction. Could we um, use genetic technologies to recreate woolly mammoths or something very much like a woolly mammoth? being able to create new kinds of beings because we have all the genetic engineering and that area of science is very, very lively right now and you can see how the themes of the book might apply to that kind of work. It's not much of a stretch. If you're looking to delve more deeply into Frankenstein, Arizona State University has built a cool game for kids called Frankenstein 200. We'll have a link to it at our website, brainson.org. While you're there, you can check out past episodes, including our series on electricity that includes a whole episode about the electricity produced in our bodies. And check out our show about extinction, where we talk to a guy who's working on making the passenger pigeon de-extinct. We'll be back next week with our highly anticipated debate, dolphins versus octopuses. Don't worry, guys, your time is coming soon. Until then, thanks for listening.